Leaving him over, Rabbi Say. We are continuing along here, Bezer Hashem, in Perek Shlishi of Chavis Halvavis Cheshben Anefesh, in the third Perek, and we're up to Cheshben Hatashi. This is a a long winded Cheshben here. Not one of those short ones, not a bullet point, but this is a concept that Chavis Halvavis is now going to take us through. Something of a uh, of great magnitude, something of great import, and as my Rebbe said, this is probably one of the biggest chedushim, one of the biggest novel ideas and foundational concepts that Chavis Avavis tells us. So let's begin. Vahatashi, the ninth cheshben, the ninth ninth area of contemplation for a person, cheshben ha'odam im nafshay that a person should contemplate with himself in terms of all of the various activities that he does, in terms of our mitzvahs, the mitzvahs that we perform, the and our effort that we put in to those mitzvahs that we perform, in all of the various areas. We have different, different mitzvahs that we do. Mitzvahs between us and Hashem. Mitzvahs between us and other people. Mitzvahs that we do with our mind. Mitzvahs that we do with our speech. Mitzvahs that we do with our hands. Many different mitzvahs. So all of them, we have to contemplate these mitzvahs and the effort that we're putting into these mitzvahs of the various sorts. How do they compare? Kishtadlusoy b'maasei malkoy. How do they compare, if we would take as an analogy, the mitzvahs, the avoida, the activity and the effort put into that activity when we were dealing with a king of flesh and blood that we have a relationship with and that commands us to do something? And how would we approach that activity? He gives us a certain task to do and we have to go carry it out. How would we approach that activity and that task that we have to do for this king of who's a mortal being? When this king would place upon us any sort of activity, let's say it will be that we would have to do a certain movement physically, which we have in many mitzvahs, we have to do things physically whether it's uh, putting on tefillin, it's a physical act, wearing the tefillin. The, the building of the sukkah, the question of building of the sukkah is a mitzvah, just sitting in the sukkah, right? But we have many mitzvahs that we actually involve in activity. And if that would be the case, the person would have to go somewhere to do, some, to do something. Or doing a chesed. Yeah, so you have to travel. Doing a chesed of, uh, let's say, of piker choylem. Visiting someone who is ill. It's a mitzvah, it's a mitzvah, it's a mitzvah in the Torah. The Gemara tells us in the that we learn it from a Pasuk. One of them is Gemilas Chasad, and one is Biker Choylem. Biker Choylem, visiting the sick, it's a mitzvah, it certainly takes effort, it's physical effort. Calling on the phone, going to the person. So, if a person would be commanded by a king of flesh and blood. Certainly, 
what would he do? He would put it in If I knew that the king, this king, who is such a dignified person, and such a powerful person, and he is so capable, and he can certainly give me great reward, he certainly could punish me if he wanted to, I would stop at nothing. I would not stop at anything to make sure to put in the effort that's required for this. There would be nothing that he wouldn't he wouldn't do. He would leave no stone unturned, as the saying goes. And that's only in terms of physical actions. Let's say it would be of a different nature. It would be something that's more cerebral something that I have to think about, something that I have to contemplate in my mind, or I have to develop in my mind. So Yasmin Koliboy, he would muster up all the strength in his in his heart, Ubinosoy, and his understanding, Vesichle in his intellect, Vakarosi in his appreciation, Lishtadlboy, Ulagishlov. Certainly he would make sure to put in the most effort to getting to the point where he's doing his utmost in terms of carrying out the will of this king who is commanding him to do so. We don't live in an era of having commandments from kings, right? But certainly you can imagine it would be the most hush of a person in town, right? Or uh, or an Adam Godel would ask us to do something. Yeah, a great Torah scholar would ask us to to think of a little bit of a plan. Let's say, you know, he wants to, to have something that will make it easier for him, for his, uh, for his standard to move up, up and down. Yeah, could, you, could you think of a way to do that? So we, would not, we, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to sleep at night. Let me think how I could do it. For some people, that, that's what we get him there. For other people, someone who's a great politician, who's very high up in a government official, would ask him to do something. Or think about something. Think about a person that we would, we would stop at nothing to make sure to do this at the best possible way. is another area. You will see all of these areas tie into the Nimshal, tie into what we have to do on a regular basis for Hashem Yisbarach. Let's say it comes to the time when I have to Give praise. To thank. This person, this official, this dignitary, this king has done great things for me. And I have to thank him for that. And now I have an opportunity, I have an audience with him, and I have an opportunity to thank him and praise him for his wonderful, benevolent deeds that he's done. Or I have to delineate the various kindnesses that he has performed for me. And I could do so, it's an interesting way he brings it out, I could do so either by charuz or So he means here, the Mepharshim explained, he's talking about two different types of songs. There are some, some songs that have a charuz, that have like sort of a rhyme to them. And they have... They have stanzas and they have rhymes that end with a with a rhyme in each line. Or they're random sentences, but also you have different poems like that. You have poems that end with a rhyme. You have other poems that don't rhyme one line to the next, but there's a certain synergy in how they're written. 
So whether, when this praise that's necessary to do for this person who has done so much for me has to be done through praise, through thanks, either in a song, or you have an opportunity that you can write him a letter, or say it out orally. Certainly, a person wouldn't leave anything from the cleverness in trying to find the right words. Even if it wouldn't be all be true, whatever is truthful, certainly I'll say it, even if I'm not even sure if it's 100% true, but I'm praising him that he's this, I would do that also. Now, a little bit of a long-winded marshal that he's given, but he's saying like this. He says, you have someone who is a great dignitary or a great terrorist scholar, someone that's highly respected and has done good for me. And now he asks from me that he wants me to do something physically for him or just to think about something that he needs or to stand and praise him or send him words of praise. So if this was a, a person who I awed and I respect it. And I know that I there's so much benefit that I could still get from him. And on the contrary, on the other side, conversely, there's punishment that could come from him too. A person would not leave anything that is within his power to do to make sure to do it right. Continues, If I could show him with, with every fiber of my being, both in an external way and in a, an emotional way, I would do so. Here he goes, even beyond the literal. Even if I could somehow get to in my disposal, heaven and earth, everything in the entirety of heaven and earth, praising him, Thanking him, certainly, if I have the opportunity to thank such a person and praise such a person, I would do so. And this is all with the backdrop of this is only at the end of the day, this is only a human being. He's only here for a certain amount of time. He's weak because he's he's a human being. And how long does a person live? How long is this person going to live? 90, 100 years. And he's not here anymore. Yet, this is the, uh, the effort that I would put in, that a person would put in when he's being commanded by a king, by someone so great and powerful. Whatever he would ask me to do in any area, whether it's physical, whether it's mentally, emotionally, thanking him, doing for him, I would do. So now we come to the nimshol. And in accordance with that, what he really wants us to do is, he really wants us to pause and think about this image. Let's think about this marshal. Let's put someone in mind that I had some connection with someone of great import who I had benefit from and once asked me to do something. Right? How, how much effort did, did I do? How, what To what great lengths did a person go for to make sure to do it right, right? You remember back in the day when we were first engaged, yeah, to the fiancé, ah, the dream of our lives, yeah? And if they would ask, oh, maybe you can go to the store and get, oh, person <laughs> will go to the other end of the earth, right? Just to get the right card to write out 
that they'll be pleased with it, right? What is that, right? Because they want to impress the person because they, they feel very strongly about this relationship. Once we have conjured up this image in our mind, according to this, it is certainly appropriate for the intellect one, for the intelligent one, who knows that this is true. So too it has to be with our Avedat Hashem. And that's why this is a very all-encompassing cheshbon. This cheshbon number 9, Atshi, is, a very, is an all-encompassing cheshbon that we're going to have to make, and he's going to delineate in three different areas of Avedat Hashem. Three different areas of mitzvahs that we perform basically on a regular basis, but breaking it down and seeing, are we putting our utmost effort? Or are we doing it sort of haphazard, we're doing it lackadaisically, are we doing it in the right way like we would when it was someone of, of great import that we've asked us to do that. So he says, if someone was a maskal, someone was intelligent, indeed he would do the same amount. When he does anything from Hashem, because any maise that he does for Hashem, because we have to realize that this example he gave, it was a long-winded marshal, but he did it on purpose because he's going to now attach it to his nimshal. Every one of those three areas, he says, you'll see that every act of Aveda Sashtan that we have to do fits into one of these three categories. And they are, things, area that only pertain to the lave. What pertains just to the lave? Like mitzvahs like emuna, or avas Hashem, or yiras Hashem, being, having fear of Hashem, or perfecting our character traits. These are chavis havavis. This is something that Hashem wants us to work on that's only based in the mind and the heart. And that's what I've set out to do to try to explain in this whole Sefer. This whole Sefer has things uh, that have that it pertained to that. And then finally it's going to have we're going to go through that as well. We're going to explain as we go through this. But hold it over here. This is just the, this too, with the marshal. Again, the marshal of someone like a king, someone of that stature, who has done great things for us and asks us to do something, whether it's one of different areas that he asks us to do physically, emotionally, verbally, in writing, to praise him, to do for him, to think for him. How much of an effort we would put, certainly we put a great effort in terms of trying to do it properly to our utmost. And in accordance with that, we should realize that is how really we should be behaving in when his commandments to us for all the goodness that he has done for us. And they come in three different categories, which we'll see in the coming nights. Agutenacht.